Well, as we start out, um, really, we've got one more Sunday, you know, before the new year. But uh, a couple things I want to give you a heads up on is that uh, I really want, uh, I, I'm okay with reading from the Bible or reading from an iPad or even reading from your phone the Word of God. It doesn't matter what form it is. There are people that are out there that teach. Uh, which way are you going? All right. That... Uh, that teach and say this is the only way. It's like some people said, <laughs> you know, if you're reading anything other than the King James, I heard it said, you're, it's clear as mud. And boy, theologically, I could put that to shame to a very good theologian who said it. And, 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 but this year, I really want you to grab your physical Bible, okay? And if you don't have one, and if you think, man, it's time for a new one that you begin to take notes in, I really want this to be the year of the word, where we really focus in on God's word. And so, boy, I just felt the heaviness on my heart that you can bring your iPad or you can bring all that, but there has to be this point where you have this physical Bible that you can write in. It's like right now, a lot of people read books on um, their iPad or these little, what are they called? Readers. Um, uh, boy, that's my wife. She's so smart. Is that, uh, and, and that's good. But for me, I can read a book on that, but I can't read a theological book on that. Or I can't read a book that's topical about ministry because it, I want to write in my book. I want to highlight my book. Now, it may be that that's an old style, but I can always go back to it. I'm telling you, the reason we did books on community groups and then books about certain Bibles is so you can have a library. So that you can have a resource to go to when you read something. When somebody asks you a question. For years, everybody just taught a Sunday school lesson, which is not bad. But there was nothing that they could go back to. Uh, most people didn't keep their quarterly. Or most people didn't keep that paper. So these books are, that's, it was, it was, it's why we wanted to do it. But this year, I want you to, you know, if you don't have a, a, a Bible that you can understand, you say, well, which one do I do I go out and get? I would tell you, for us, I read out of different translations, but it doesn't mean that you have to just do that translation. Uh, a lot of people right now are, are getting uh, the ESV, and you say, that's a good Bible. It's good. It's, it's, it's more along the lines of a little translation. Uh, the New American Standard Bible that I read from a lot is, again, it's, it's going to be closer to word for word. And then you have an NIV, which is really... It's uh, phrase by phrase. It, it kind of helps. It never loses its, its doctrine. It just kind of reads better for you. The New Living Translation. Some people don't like the New Living Translation. It really, I've, I've not read anything major where it loses something. It's just an easier read. But if you want to get a new Bible, I'm going to tell you, I really want us this year, when I say let's open our Bible, I want to hear the pages open. I want you to begin to make those notes and to begin to study. And I may tell you, highlight this, because this is good for you. So I really want to encourage you as we go on to do that in the new year, because it's going to be all about the Word. And we're going to go through uh, different books of the Bible this year. Not, I like topical teaching, and we'll do that in between, but uh, we are going to actually go through uh, uh, what people call exegetical preaching, but we're going to do it, we're going to do it in a narrative form where it's not dead. Uh, I think exegetical preaching... Uh, people forget that you have to communicate as well and not just depend on... It's like, it's like Jesus told parables. Well, he was the walking truth. He didn't need to tell parables. He could have said, don't touch that. 
And you know what? You don't touch it. But instead, he told parables. Why? Because we are people that think that way. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. Hey, bring up the house lights, uh, and uh, we'll uh, begin this. So I want you to turn to Psalm 1 in your, in your, in your, uh, in your book, or just a, a kickoff for this coming year that we would understand. I love the Psalms, that we would understand maybe a good way to start the year for us. And then we'll begin our new year, really, next week. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 1 is the only psalm in the collection, uh, if this makes sense, uh, to bear this title that we see, uh, that it's, it's, it's called for a, a psalm of thanksgiving. There's other psalms in there, but this bears that title because that's all, it, it, it speaks of, watch this, it speaks of an invitation. It's like I told the kids these tools. The tools are here. You're invited to be a part of that and take those tools and put them to action. That's why as a pastor, people say, well, when your people don't change or when something doesn't happen, do you feel bad? I say, I feel bad for them, but it doesn't affect my life other than I pray for them and I hope they'll get it. It really doesn't. What affects your life is you not taking the word and applying it to your life or taking the tools. So as we read this psalm, it really is an invitation for you and I to be thankful. Really. It's an invitation for you and I to be thankful. It's gonna, it takes a look at God, being thankful that God rules the whole earth. We sang about this word, word glory, and that's what we want to bring. I always say the word glory in its easiest form would bring that we would bring great attention to God, that we would bring glory to God. So whenever I forgive, I bring glory to God because people see that. They hear that. Whenever I'm kind to somebody that I don't want to be kind to, that is bringing glory to God. You go, well, God was not even mentioned but you still bring glory to God. So Psalm, let's read this. I'm going to have it up here in the American Standard. Uh, I need you to uh, go ahead and, and do that. I don't have it up here. I have my notes up here. So it says, how blessed is the man who does not walk. Wait a minute. No, it's Psalm 100. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. That's all right. You got that too. All right. Here we go. Because I was going, wow, that's Psalm 1. Uh, now, if you want me to preach on that, I will. I mean... Uh, Psalm 100. See, I love that sound. Isn't that a beautiful sound? I think God loves the sound of his word being open. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. See, there's the invitation. Serve the Lord with gladness. Now we've been invited, watch this, to shout and to serve. All right? And then come before him with joyful singing. Now we've been invited to sing to him joyfully. Look at this. It says, know this. Now we've been invited to the knowledge that we have about God. Know that the Lord himself is God. In other words, when I tell people there's only one God, people sometimes believe, well, there's one God, but there's other gods. There is no other God that is holier, mightier, more powerful Listen, there's no other God that sent his son to the earth to die and be a sacrifice. This is God. Know that the Lord himself is God. And so that's a tool. To know him is to read his word. To know him is to talk to him, right? I mean, we all, uh, those of us who are older and married, we remember when we wanted to go, wow, I want to know. I remember when I go, I want to know more about Shannon, right? And so I started hanging out at the dorm. And, of course, she just came right up, I, you know. 
what are y'all laughing at? No, here we go. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. In other words, you're invited. You know what this is? You and I are invited not to think so highly of ourselves, but to know that every gift, every ability, every talent, it is his. He made us. You're invited to take part in his life, right? Many times we don't do that. There's so many talented people in the world, and they're not using it for God's glory. Or they're using it, but God gets no glory at all, except every once in a while. It is he who has made us, and, and we not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. God is really working on my heart in this last two months about the shepherd and the sheep. You see, as, as a first-time pastor, only for nine years, I, I sometimes think, who am I to tell you what to do? Who am I to say, hey, we're going to go this direction on a Saturday, and we're going to clean up, and everybody just do that. Because I'm a sheep just like you. But God has given me this privilege to be a pastor. And so that speaks to me. We're his people. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Leave it right there, Barbara. Because when we read this, we read this. Are you all with me? Ready? When we read this, we have to understand that he was reading. He was talking to the nations. He was also talking to the Jewish people. But we can take everything that we have read and heard and apply it to our lives today. So when people would come to the temple, more than likely there was a gate. And it's just like a store. The gate would stay closed until the temple was ready for the people, because there's things that you have to do. You have to make sure the labor was in place. You have to make sure that everything's clean and done. You have to make sure that the sacrificing area is ready and cleaned up from the last sacrifice. And people were probably waiting at the gates. You're with me? Waiting at the gates. We wait at concerts for the doors to open, right? And they used to wait at a gate for it to open. But they were anxiously awaiting to say, man, I've really messed up this week. Or I really messed up yesterday. Or I didn't do what you asked me to do. I have not been a faithful follower. And so they were going in. But it's, it's a neat thing. Because of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Listen to this. So that every time you read this and you hear it over and over, enter his gates. Walk through his gates. Then the priest would open the gate so they'd come in. But because of what Jesus did on the cross... The gate is always open. I think that's an amazing thing. And for us, it's not. It's enter his gates. The gates into the presence of God are open to all of us. And we can walk in at any time. That's why it says that we should approach the the throne of God, what? Boldly. We walk in and we're we're not waiting for anything we did. We don't have a secret word. Well, what's the secret word? Well, I'm going to say this four times for you, and then that's the secret word to open up the gate. The secret word to open up the gate is no secret. It's, it's loving Christ and believing that he's here for you. So why not start the year going, thank you, God, that I can walk through that gate, that I never have to wait to approach you, but I can approach you boldly, and I can ask you things, and I can tell you things. So why not start doing that? So every time you read in the Old Testament, enter his gates, you must remember there was a time where the gate was closed and man opened it, right? But now 
the gate is open. You realize how much freedom it is? That's why I tell people, I've had people come here and they go, you know, really they have, and it doesn't bother me. They'll say, you know, there's just a lot of spiritual sins. I don't see people raising their hands. I don't, it just doesn't seem very active. And I go, if, if I would have learned this before, now I'll say, let me help you understand about the assembly getting together. You do not work the gate. They will worship in their own way. If they stand there quietly, that is their prerogative. If they lift their hands, don't look at them and go, what's that? You just keep your eyes focused because that's the way they worship. And if they want to shout one time, shout. If you want to sing, sing. Because the gates, you don't mend the gates and I don't mend the gates. And I love the way our church works. Anybody can walk in here. and they f- I've not had one person not feel welcomed here. They go, I've had people walk in and go, man, I don't think I should go. i got tattoos everywhere. And I said, you know, God loves people with tattoos, and we're going to love people with tattoos. I don't care. Then I open up my sleeve, and I show them my Bob Wire tattoo that I have. I really don't have one. I've always wanted one. <laughs> I've always wanted one. Uh, Shannon would go, you did what? Listen. So we enter his gate. So when you look at it in the past, the gate was guarded. The gate was opened by man, but the gate's been opened by Christ. Let's go to the next one. It says, for the Lord is good. Oh, man. And his loving kindness is everlasting. And his faithfulness to all generations. For the Lord is good. And he's been good to us, hasn't he? He's been good to me. And I don't know if he's been good to you, but I think he has, but you may have not noticed it. So I want you to focus on a few words. The first one is, if you're a highlighter, let's go back to the very beginning, uh, Barb, if you would. I want you to focus on this. Shout. There's a lot of ways to shout. I can shout on my knees and not say a word. You with me? I can shout with my hands up and not say a word. I can shout with my head bowed and not say a word. But he wants you to shout in the way that you feel your best is for him. He's invited you this year. Shout for me. Shout for me, for me any way your heart desires, right? Some people shouting, you don't realize it, but there are people up here that lead worship. And, and when Dylan plays the drums, he's shouting for the Lord, right? He's shouting for the Lord. How, do you, how are you going to shout this year? Is it going to be a shout, thank you, Lord? You know? Remember, some people that make you uncomfortable, go, praise the Lord. And you're going, oh, I feel uncomfortable. Leave them alone. You don't own the gate. If they want to say praise the Lord aloud three times, then let them. If they want to say hallelujah, then let them say it. Just leave them alone. That's not me. It makes me uncomfortable. Watch this. Ready? Everybody look at this. You're just going to have to get over that. Because this is the body of Christ, and the body has lots of hands and feet and eyes and ears. Remember how Paul described it? We're all different, so just do your thing and let other people do theirs. I always tell people who, I do tell them when they come up and say, man, they're just kind of loud. My first thought is, wow, so you need to ask God to help you focus. Right? That's all it is. It's not their problem. It's your problem. Right? When a church, I've been told three or four times, just don't see the spiritual side of your church. And I just laugh because I'm going, oh, my gosh, you don't know what God's doing. You're not the gatekeeper. Yeah, my, You know what? When you see that somebody's not growing spiritually and you're not trying to help them but go, I just don't see it, it's because you're focused on yourself and the way you like it. 
If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. Listen, be careful of that in the church. The assemblies, remember, there's a lot of different people. So we've invited to shout, and we've been invited to do it joyfully. There came a time about five or six years ago, everybody focused on the word servant and slave. And God wants us to be joyful. I really believe that. That is not, you say, well, there are low times. Yes, God teaches us, builds our character, builds our endurance. But, man, I want to tell you something. God put us here, look, to be joyful. But we're joyful in his creation. We're joyful in who he is, right? That's why for some people, when things happen over and over and over, you know people like that? They're going, man, oh, God, I pray for people like, oh, God, let up on them. And God's going, I'm not doing this. But I'll tell you what I am doing, because they're allowing me, as much as they've been through, as much as they're going through. Now, listen to this. You know people like this. Isn't it amazing that they're joyful, that they're happy, that their hope hasn't been crushed, that their peace hasn't been crushed? Why is that? I've learned that some people, that's how they're glorifying the Lord. So it makes me go, I got nothing to complain about, right? I got nothing to complain about. Shout to the Lord. Let's go to the next one. So shout. How are you going to shout? Serve. You've been invited to serve. One of the things we're going to do this year, and I'm going to start it from the pulpit, there are some service areas that we need to build upon. And we've got enough people now. And there are those who are serving in two and three positions. I mean, everybody look at me. There is no reason for that to happen in a church of our size. So you're going to be encouraged to shout in your own way, but also to serve. And I may do it on like three different Sundays, separated, and say, today, here's what we're going to offer. Here's a way that some of you can really serve. And so what you need to do is say, oh, Lord, when he comes up with the next service, that I can jump in and be consistently and serve. Because, God, you've invited me to shout for joy, and you've invited me to serve you. So I'm going to serve you. It was an invitation. And maybe there's little things that you serve, right? We can do that. And so you go, God, I work all day. I can't. Uh, and I go, well, you know, you know, every Wednesday night after church, after our small groups, there are three to five people that have to reset this room for the next Sunday. And maybe you go, I can come up at 8 o'clock and work till 8 to 9, one, two Wednesdays, and to serve in that capacity, right? But God says, I, I want you to serve. So this year, think of what your service will be. And then to sing. You know, I, I, uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed when I was in Moldova, and I don't know if it's our room or, man, when they started singing, they had like a choir, okay? And they had, which, you know, it's okay, but, and they had singers. But those Moldova Christians, they out-sang them. When we come here on Sunday, I'm going to be honest with you. You don't pay attention to anybody, but you just wanna you just wanna sing loud. We we let so many words pass us. Do I like the old hymns? Yes, but I like them done in a new way. No offense, I just like them. Just different. Some of our old hymns were sung like dirges, you know? They really were. And we've changed them, but the words are so stinking powerful. And maybe the way you can sing to him, he's inviting you to sing to him. Listen, everybody look right here. It's not to think about if you left the iron on are about the kid that's making noise that really doesn't bother me or the conversation you had last night with your husband or with your mother or with your father 
that you would come here and say, all eyes on you. And these words that I sing, I will take and I will chew on spiritually and I'll sing them to you. I mean, come on. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. I've had people focus in on the words and they'll come up to me and say, for the first time, man, I, I, I looked up and my hands were like this. And I said, that's because you're giving all glory to the Lord through your song. And he takes your hands. He says, I want them open. And some of them said, man, I just, you know, I, I came in here and I was singing and we were all standing. But as I was singing, I just felt a need to sit as if I was sitting in my father's lap. And I've never felt comfortable doing something that the body wasn't doing. So sit. But sing to him. All right? You've been invited to that. Then come before him with joyful singing. Let's go to the next one. And so know. And those are the things that we need to understand. We need to shout to him in our own way. We need to serve him in our own way. Listen. We need to sing to him. And pay attention to the words that are about him. And then we need to know him. And that's why we're going to really focus on the word. All right? And so I want you to know, uh, I'm giving you a heads up. You're getting the extra for next week when everybody comes back to get that Bible, to pull it out, to write in it, uh, to, to underline so that you can have. I'm going to give out less. Listen, I'm going to give out less sheets this year for those who love to follow along so that you can write those in the, in the index of your Bible or in the, on the side of your Bible. And when you open it, you can go, I remember that. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. So Psalm 1. You know what? All week long, I want you to read Psalm 1 every morning. Well, Psalm 100. See what you did, Barbara? You messed me up. The power of influence. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Sharon. Yeah. Psalm 100. All week long, every day you read it, Psalm 100. And that's an invitation to say, I made you, or you made me, you formed me, you loved me. No one else made me. There's only one God in it, you. And I tell you what, God, because I'm so in love with you. I'm going to shout to you in my own way. And I'm going to serve you. And I'm going to sing these songs and really put them in my heart and send them to you. And I want to know you. I want to know you. Most people, and if I may be honest, most men, we're like this, guys. I don't like to read. I don't have time to read. Let me follow you around for a week and see if you really have time to read. How about that? I would never shame you. I would just say, hey, yeah. Turned on the one-eyed monster and watched it for two hours, and you flipped channels for 45 minutes because you didn't know what you wanted to watch. Then you fell asleep for 30. I'm not going to take your nap from, from you. Sleep. But maybe fall asleep reading God's word. Oh, that's, no, you shouldn't do that to God. You know, my girls used to fall asleep sometimes when I was reading this story. Honestly, it was kind of nice. The day had ended. Right? So, Psalm 100, all week long, every day, read it. Be thankful. It's an invitation to do all those things. All right? Well, that's what I want you to walk away with. Let's pray together, then you'll be dismissed. Those kids are fine. Don't you worry about them. Father, thank you so much that you've given us all the tools we need to know you, to sing to you, 
to shout to you. Thank you that you made us. And thank you for the invitation to, to say we love you back by singing, by shouting, by serving, by getting to know you more. I pray for each person here that they would read that song every day and they would become thankful. Not for anything that they have, not for anything that you've done, but simply be thankful for you and the invitation to do all those things. We love you and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a great, great week. Psalm 100 every day. Psalm 100. And Psalm 1 won't hurt you either. So.